This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Can we have a look at some of the supporting? Yes. Are we happy to have a look at some of the supporting cards? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> They've been tempting us. Yeah. Um, I think, Alan, that you grow this already, if I remember correctly. I may be wrong here. Yes. But Polygonum scalparium? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fabulous plant. Well, in my opinion, anyway. I love it. So it looks a little bit like I don't know, equisetum or something, I suppose. <laughs> um, but it's these great long wandy stems and then tiny, tiny minuscule white flowers. But a lovely strong scent off this as well, if you get it on a warmer day. But it's a, again a real sort of honey scent, isn't it, that mm. comes through? Very nice. And a real toughy. Yeah. Um, reasonable drainage. It form, It goes quite woody at the base. So you do have to watch it as it gets older. It's worth taking cuttings and starting some young stuff just in case we get a really hard winter because sometimes the woody base can crack open and then that's kind of the end of it, isn't it? So, yeah. it's... so it must waft because it looks like they're very long. You're kind of, they, they were mm. being held sort of horizontally, but they, they look like they would. Yeah, it yeah. flows over. So it almost looks like it's flowing. I mean, it, it spills out. Yeah. We didn't do any graphs. Oh, there's a graph. Do you want a graph? <laughs> Oh, Ooh. try that. Got to run away with Becky. Georgia, try that. <laughs> so it's. Exciting. I mean, I hate to say this because it's mean to say it to any plant. This isn't rare or unusual or anything, but I also would not be without it. So it's Rebecca Folgada Vardemii, which I think I prefer out of. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's risky. There we go. I like the shade of yellow better than Goldstone, but that's just a personal opinion. And for us, it does really well. Whereas we find with Goldstone, it's maybe not so happy in some of the bits in the garden, isn't it? Whereas Demi, just gets on and flowers and flowers and flowers. And again, I mean, you're really July right the way through to end of October. And it looks good with a lot of the daisies. I like bringing that yellow through. So it's, uh, yeah. It's a good plant, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and when it does start to go over, still even you get a, a group of these stems like that at this time of year, and it's it's evocative of the time of year. It really is, yeah. you know. It, it it looks like it looks and feels like autumn. I, I like this plant a lot. And they're also like little kind of I don't know teddy bear noses or something. They're just yeah. they're such cute little buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah, glad yeah. you brought this along. This this has been behind you in this bucket, going like, woohoo, I'm having a bath. <laughs> me. me next. Um, ours has been quite late. I mean, it's a late flowering red hot poker anyway, but it has been very late, hasn't it? Mm. This is the first of them out. Luckily, we've got a big clump, otherwise I would have been like, oh, I can't cut it. <laughs> How do I take it in? But it's magnificent. So it's Nephophia ruperi. So instead of getting that really long, typical poker flower that you expect, it's a much more globular shape. Fabulous when you get the low light levels coming through as well, isn't it? It really looks like it's burning. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's a favourite. 
And I know they can be a bit messy. It's always my complaint about anophobias is that the foliage is a bit messy for a lot of the year. And then you eventually get a magnificent flower and then it goes over and looks a bit messy again. And you're like, crap, I'm not sure it was worth it. But uh, Rupert, I think, because it comes so late, I think it's definitely worth it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky enough, I suppose, I always want to grow lots of nephophias in my tiny garden. It's not, it's not uh, maybe on the new allotment. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> take over a big lump of the quarter, of the quarter plot. But, uh, but yeah, if you had the space, I mean, sort of being able to tuck them in, because they are just worth their weight, aren't they, when they come along and... Yeah, and they give you a different accent in the garden as well. So you're getting your verticals in, which yeah. is quite important. So mm. it's yeah, it's nice. Talking of verticals. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go and pick too many grasses, but of course with the asters, the grasses work brilliantly as well. Um, this is one of my favourites, although you complain bitterly about it. Wrong place. That's all. It's a nice plant, <laughs> just in the wrong place. So it's Miscanthus uh, transmoriensis, and it's a bit of a beast. So this is. Well, it's on the floor. <laughs> so what are we going to be? It stands about eight foot. Yeah, it stands about eight foot. I did not cut the whole length of it because it was too big. <laughs> <laughs> it is very magnificent and semi-evergreen, so it holds a good little colour through the winter. I really enjoy it, but you don't like where it is. So <laughs> we find, we find a visitor in there. They got lost in it. <laughs> that was a visitor from last year. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so where is it and where would you like it to be ross it's right it's right next to the path uh um adjoining of three paths so it's just it's just it's just in your face you know you can see i guess yeah it's too close to the edge of the path that's all and it's um if it was further back in the border then that front space it's taken up would, would allow me to plant more more plants for the space it takes up whereas if it was more in the middle then then obviously you could plant right up to it with, with taller things you have to come and see where yeah. it is and <laughs> really yeah only hope only hope <laughs> i think i might need a digger to dig it out <laughs> so this was something else that we didn't go crazy on picking lots of them but the dahlias i mean they're fabulous in the garden and this one was meant to be short and forgot so it's currently standing about five foot that's huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, five, six foot, even <laughs> yellow. Well, that, that wasn't where it was meant to be, but never mind. Um, it's uh, Wild Swan Island, so it's one of the ones raised by the Pooh family. So <laughs> That's not Winnie. No, it's Pooh Wild Swan Island, but <laughs> I think it's fabulous. It's so bright and a bit on the garish side, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think dahlias can get away with it. If you're going to grow a dahlia, you grow the, the brightest, gaudiest, most revolting colours possible. Yes! <laughs> now I concur. Like, I suppose that there's a place for lots of, you know, sophisticated, natural ones that blend into the border. But I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Go gaudy. I love it. <laughs> Heleniums. Oh. Heleniums are, are kind of ha had their best, but there's still the odd flower popping up. And they've been a great supporting cast for the, for the daisies. Yeah, so this is one that we love to use in the garden. It's Sahim's early flower. And because it starts, well, it starts obviously in July, goes through, has a bit of a break and then usually re-flowers again. So you get a lot of um, value for money out of it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And probably, what, three foot? Yeah, a wee bit more in, in the right place. And um, it's always worth deadheading it as well. as that first flush and then give it a quick deadhead. 
doesn't take too long. Um, and then, then you get that next flush and it just, just keeps on going. It's such a super thing. And that colour, along with a lot of those purpley, lilac-y daisies, just going to be so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it lifts it all. Yeah, probably our last daisy this morning. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Good old Henry. Yes, yeah. yeah. Isn't it fabulous, though? Yeah. And again, it's really nice because you can see through it. So it's you can use it, although it's quite tall, you can use it further towards the front of the border. And, tall yeah. and eighty. Yeah. For people yeah. who don't know, um, full name... <laughs> <laughs> Subtermentosa. Rebecca, yeah, Subtermentosa, Henry Ellers. And I think it's. Is there bad. a short cousin to that? Yeah, though? little Henry. <laughs> Why would you bother? <laughs> it's quite nice, actually. I quite like little Henry, but uh, yeah, you might as well grow the big one. <laughs> I do love a strong opinion about plants, though. I just think, you know, if, if you know, you know. <laughs> This, this uh, uh, takes us, starts taking us into the woodland garden. So our, obviously our garden is a, a game of two halves almost with a large open area with the daisies and all the herbaceous, which is nice and sunny. And then we move into a lovely woodland garden, which Helen's father planted up back in the 1980s, which we benefit from greatly because it's, it's nice and mature now and we've been spending our time underplanting it. But this, this sort of takes us there. This is... Uh, an opinion divider. Yeah. <laughs> Persicaria painter's palette. Oh. And then we make we create two large drifts of this on either side of the path. And it's just a lovely foil for other things. He uses the term we. Uh, Ross created two large drifts of this. <laughs> I like it. it's a royal we when Helen needs something doing. And when I actually do something, it's, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> So, Helen, are you not quite in the Persicaria fan club? Actually, I, I quite like it, so I, <laughs> I have to give way on this. But, again, it's a plant that is bright and cheerful, and it looks good for a long time, so I can't not like it. But that's my trouble with plants. I can't not like them. <laughs> so, Does yeah. it go some interesting oh, autumn colours as well, that Persicaria? Or, or... No, it kind of just... Was brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks good for a long time. It looks good as soon as it starts coming up. It starts to look lovely. Um, lush Do you have a solid blaster? Not quite. It's a daisy though. Solidago Cesii. Oh. So the blue stem Solidago. I don't know if you can see. Oh, that. It's a red stem with like a bluey blush to it. Gorgeous. Looks bluer when it's drier, but anyway, it is a really nice plant. Um, People who are sniffy about golden rods would not be sniffy about that. No, no. and it's only and it kind of... two and a half to three feet, so six, yeah, yeah seven, like 70 that. to 80, I suppose, in centimetres. Yeah. Subtle. Yeah. Lovely. Nice we were meant to be moving on to more shrubby stuff. I'm like, oh, it's tiny, my <laughs> So as we move into the woodland area, anybody... You got any ideas what this could be? It's um oh yes, I do know what it is. I've got it. <laughs> I don't. It's quite large. It stands about ooh, ten foot in the garden, ten yeah. foot tall, ten foot across. It's just superb late in the year. I mean it just looks so fantastic. Yeah. Like great puffs of sort of violet smoke. Yeah. What is it's, it? Um, Aurelia Californica. So it's a herbaceous oh, really? Aurelia. Ooh. Um that's obviously the fruit now. You have the uh, creamy, 
creamy greeny flowers earlier yeah. in the season, a lot like ivy. And it's similarly, it's loved by all the little tiny wasps and flies and things like that. Mm. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And even those little those little fruits do look like an ivy fruit. You know, yeah, mm. yeah Ralph, you're just going to say <laughs> that all that growth in one year. It's a good plant. Um, if people can't accommodate a shrub that's 10 feet tall, I mean, you can cut it back. Yeah. You can prune it regularly. Keep it contained. But, yeah. I mean, you just got to let it run free. It's, <laughs> it's just awesome. I first encountered that as, a, as the one of the variegated version, either silver or gold. And not both the silver and gold variegated versions are grafted onto the ordinary green aurelia. And sometimes if you're not if you're unaware of the fact, you'll get the the growth coming from the bottom, which is the, the green one, and it will be much stronger. And that happened to me. And I it, it had overtaken the variegated one before I realized it. And then at the end of the year, there was this wonderful surprise of these lovely, lovely pink seed heads. Um, I know I haven't, you know. Forget the variegated thing. Just give me the green one with the big puffs of yeah. purple smoke. I love it. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about the woody version, aren't you? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This is a herbaceous perennial. Ah, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Th this this is um this will all give it another sort of two or three weeks, maybe even tonight after the frost. This will all start collapsing and it'll it'll disappear completely down to the ground, be gone, and then uh, it'll be it'll start coming back again in the spring. Amazing. That's a heck of a size, actually, isn't it? Up to 10 it's feet an amazing rate of growth for, for a hardly herbaceous perennial. Yeah, yeah. it just, just blows my mind. Yeah. If you sat yeah, and yeah, watched, yeah. you probably see it grow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Enter from stage left, a leaf is yeah. being the screen. <laughs> oh, leave me alone. <laughs> that is spectacular. It's just a small part of this. This is a Polonia, Polonia calicamii. Should have oh. got a hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, Ross pollards it every year down to what about? Two foot. Yeah, it's about 60 centimetres. And then we get... 15 foot of growth. Yeah. <laughs> These humongous leaves. It is magnificent, but... <laughs> That might, I think that might be the biggest leaf that's ever appeared on Talking Dirty. <laughs> oh, you've set a challenge now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Jimmy Blake needs to come on with something even bigger. <laughs> but that that really can fill the screen. It's um, it's wonderful, it's isn't good, it? It's a, it's a good statement in the garden. It's quite a juxtaposition to everything else, isn't it? It's a real, real statement and stands out against mm. everything else. So it's in with uh, a lot of the New England asters that we didn't actually, I didn't talk about any of those, but anyway, <laughs> um, they're very tall and magnificent, but up against that, they sort of end up looking quite delicate, which is sort of nice. I like the, yeah. And so do you say a Polonia? So is it, it's a relative of the foxglove tree? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this one is not Tomentosa, which is the foxglove tree, but it's the sapphire dragon tree, Kawakamii, um, but they're very similar. This one's meant to pollard better, but well, it does. It does it pollard well? very well. So <laughs> we haven't got the other one to compare, so I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's lovely. And a first never mentioned on Talking Dirty. So Woo there we go. <laughs> like a lot of what you've brought, to be honest. <laughs> we're going to look at your little gems before. Little pot. I'm conscious oh. we're probably running out of time. Oh, no. uh, chicken edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
This I got to show. Good old Alison. It's got a fancy new name. What's it called now? I can't remember. Alison. Sweet Alison for the garden, an annual you grow. He's got an ugly the... new name, Ralph. Let's let's continue with the Alyssum. Because <laughs> the I know so, I know what you mean. It's so, it's so old fashioned, it's so 1970s, but I'm Yeah, not... yeah. It always reminds me of the seaside towns because you used to see it everywhere in seaside towns, and that scent immediately transports me That's back the to the seaside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, usually Alison Begonia, Alison Begonia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pop this all around, I stick it in, in little gaps, even plant it in the corner of the path, and it and it does its thing in, in early summer, hates the, the, the height of summer when it's too hot, and it sort of fades away, but then it comes back at this time of year, and, and it, we've got all these pops of white all over the place, it comes back lovely, fresh and lush, and just looks fabulous. It's so, and I don't think even anybody even notices it, but... <laughs> it's there. There, aye, and, and it, 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 it's a it's like a good supporting plant, isn't it? Because it it supports the rest of the garden. I've got uh -huh. the variegated leaf version of that, which has a thin gold line around the edge of the leaves, and I grow it in a pot, and it just completely overwhelms the pot. It, it's absolutely fabulous. Yeah, yeah, and it sometimes recently it's been overwintering in some spots as well. Yeah, coming back and, <laughs> a, and a, a bit of seeding around as well. I, I love it, and I'm, I'm really warm to it. The, the way it comes back and for a second a second performance after the, the mid height mm. of summer. So no, it's, it's, it's really nice. Another wee annual that does its own thing around the garden. Oh. Quite, quite subtle here, but when you see a big bush of it. I love this. Kufia ignea. Yeah. And that seeds itself around when it finds a nice spot, but it's a tender perennial. You can overwinter it in the greenhouse, um, but easy to grow from seed every year. So easy. It's quite late. You know, it takes a wee while to get going and do its thing. You're into the second half of summer before it does start get going. But um, it's a great thing to mm. fill a gap where, where other yeah. things are going over. Yeah, I love cuvées. I, I, it's tubular flowers. I can't get enough of them. And they're so, <laughs> yeah. they're so colourful and fun. And yeah. We had uh, a couple of years ago now, we had a whole mass planting of them up on a little raised bed. And people kept coming back and going, oh, it's so amazing. You've got little mice. And the little mice were sitting there and eating um, the gone over tubes of the flowers and just loads of those little baby mice sitting there eating them. And I was like, oh, that's really cute. Not. Where, where are the crocus balls? <laughs> we must mention a salvia for this time of year. This is Joan. I think it's an involucrata hybrid. Yeah. Involucrata hybrid. So if you know Involucrata, Bethelia and things, they're quite big statuesque plants. This is much shorter, only sort of three to four feet with these lovely long panicles of flowers. Nice bright pink. We like bright pink. Yes. That's be a nice shade of lipstick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking out the window here and I'm looking at my Salvia Involucrata and I mean, it's got to be six or seven feet tall. Yeah. It really yeah. is big. Yeah, this is a smaller, subtler version of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then a hardy begonia that does its own thing up in the garden as well. Begonia mm. grandis, and it's quite late before it starts doing its thing, but it's got these lovely undersides of the leaves mm. as well, and the, the red flushing in the axles of the the stems as well. Do you do you save the little pips that you get in the leaf axles for propagation? I'm always too late. I've been up looking for them at, uh, just this week and they've all gone already. So yeah, yeah, it produces little bulbs, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And here all the way up the stem and they but they drop down and then they produce new plants so you can 
they grow the great harvest and 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 pop them up later on. But it's it's a lovely thing. There's also the pink version of that as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It does well in a wet spot. Does well in a dry spot. Um, does well in a in a shady spot too. You know, it just nothing seems to. You mentioned it does well in a, in a wet spot. I know of a lady in Norfolk who grows that, and it's almost completely underwater in the winter. She oh, lives. Wow. Uh, she lives next to a water meadow, and 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 she has a pond outside her house, and she actually has a deck that goes out from her house over the pond, which is rather lovely and quite striking. But yeah. the drainage ditch from the pond is always she she grows that on the banks of the drainage ditch, and it's mostly underwater for the whole winter. Wow, Gosh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think it, would you? That no, survive. I but love that's... that plant. Leaves, flowers, it's got it all. Yeah, it yeah. does. It ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah. So. What we got now is some foliage. Aye. Oh. So we know what's coming when we see foliage. <laughs> like this. A silver one there. <laughs> That's a particular one. The fairy rings, is it? Yeah, yeah that is really rings. beautiful. These are all a hedgefolium that are popping up all through the, the woodland garden. Are you building quite a cyclamen collection alongside all your other collections? Most of them are there anyway. We're lucky and to inherit some. Yeah, we've um, we've moved them around the garden where they weren't in the right place, but it's been yeah, they're such brilliant plants. A good range of pinks and a lot of whites and some the odd dark ones start yeah. to pop up now as well. Look at that dark one. Which one's that? Nice. That's amazing. You know, cyclamen heredifolium and cyclamen coom, which is spring flowering. I think both those plants they are the plants that every good garden needs because. Now, the kind of thing that's a little bit backgroundy in a way, but, I mean, they give such a season of interest, especially with the foliage and some of those. I mean, you mentioned silver leaf there, the one with the big plain silver leaf. Yeah. Particularly striking. I've been sort of weeding those out. Well, not weeding them out, but I've been picking them out. My Collecting them. To keep yeah. them together um, yeah. and just to make a statement with them. And I think they're just so lovely. Most of my uh, silver leaf ones have white flowers too, which is nice. That yeah. is nice because we've got well we started with silver leaf with white but then there's quite a lot of pink that's obviously seeded through it as well so i probably need to get out and start lifting some of the corns with the pink and yeah so we're getting out of the sort of summer big displays back into looking for the detail in the garden looking for those yes. nice little things that are, are yeah. coming up and doing their thing what was the dark flowered one well I suspect that's just a seedling, but we did have red sky. Was it red sky? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Red so I think red skies is in its genetic background there somewhere. Beautiful. Yeah. How's the colour coming through on that? Yeah. It's a colch come. It's the last of them. Um, the weather's kind of getting the better of them now. But when you've got a few different ones, even two or three different ones, they, they come up at different times, so you can get a nice succession of them. Mm -hmm. This is a uh, speciosum rubri. Atro rubens. Atro that's <laughs> it. That's why I keep Helen around. She always, she's got a memory. The only reason, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's just come up on their own and, and stand up. When the weather's great, they do so well. And a good range of shapes, good range of sort of pinks, mm. pale, pale pinks to this lovely light, nice dark, sort of almost, almost dark purple. And the Asher Rubens actually has been flowering for a long time now. Hi, so. yeah, yeah. It's got that lovely long colour all the way down the stem. Some are quite pale. And then into whites and things like water lily, which are, I've got the, the alboplenum. Yeah. Um, as the parent, which is multi, multi-petaled. 
do you grow them through anything to help keep them upright i don't have um I'm, it's terrible to say we've got literally the national collection holder of of culture comes on one one member of this podcast and then i haven't got any <laughs> but i sort of i don't put them anywhere a i'm not sure i've got the right spot but also i just know they'll fall over <laughs> they'll just topple i don't think you worry if they fall over too much because it's, it's part of the nature of the plant yeah but i mean yeah. when you say national collection yeah we have got the national collection here me um as a gardener i think they're not very nice as a national collection because they're all grown in water lily baskets and they're all in a regimented bed and it's a bit like a stamp collection you know you're either into it or you're not but uh, you know take them out of that environment and put them in the garden and grow them amongst other things yeah um yeah. you need you need to perhaps be aware perhaps with culticums that they have two seasons really they have the wonderful mm. autumn season of growth and then they have that uh, early quite early spring with this wonderful great sheaths of shiny leaves and then they die off in May and they go yellow and people hate them. And there's, oh, they're messy things. I can't, they take up too much room, that isn't that. But if you if you cite them carefully, um, you can grow other things through them. And so you you can, you know, it's a bit like the, the magician's assistant. She's there to detract from what he's doing. So you yeah. need something in the garden to detract from your culture. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've got quite a few different kinds labels missing labels vacant label monster been around and eating the labels but um i've tried them in different places as well so we've got them in in damp places dry places shady places sunny places and it doesn't they don't, doesn't seem to worry them at all they just seem mm. to to be happy wherever i, I pop them um yeah. and they, they do come up and the weather has to be kind to, to help hold them up but uh, as soon as one falls over another one comes up behind it they have a lot of flowers within them and Oh, they're just they're just lovely pops of strong colour at, at, at the time of year when it, it, it's and it's worked really well. Have you got um pass that one over the one the fern on the end? Ah, this one. So this year we've had the actual Rubens. I don't think it's probably quite this. No, it's not. No, quite Sarah Lyon. But it's been up against oh, one of the polypodiums. <laughs> My arms aren't long enough. <laughs> And it looks fabulous. So again, oh. fresh green foliage with the lovely culture flower. It's a really good combination. Admittedly, this rather fine polypodium isn't the exact one that we use in the garden. This is Sarah Lyman, but it's a fabulous plant. And of course, they're looking lovely and fresh just as the colchicums are coming into flower. And then it also helps with the colchicum foliage, I think, because you've then got this lovely block of greens working together and different textures. Yeah. So. Now I know where I'm going to put some. There we go. <laughs> Tick, solved a problem. Yeah, you won me over with that combination of fern foliage and culturecum. <laughs> that did it. Talking of polypodiums. Because <laughs> we are now. This is, this is one, this polypodium called Jubilee. It's quite a nice texture on the, on the frond. A lovely indentation. Yeah. The opposite of indentation. <laughs> I don't think it's was named for the Jubilee, but it's um yeah the polypodiums have great history. They go back. Uh, Victorians were very keen on them, but they go further back than the, the Victorians for being discovered and being growing, and they're so variable. There's a lovely selection of different kinds. Have I just become a fan now? <laughs> <laughs> you see how variable they are. This this is um so they, these are cambricum. Jubilee, Polypodium, Sarah Lyman, 
and this one a in, hybrid yeah, it's a hybrid and this one in the middle is uh, guessing a cambricum as well polyphonium cambricum hornet and it's got a very small frond on it that makes up this this group and they're um they grow from rhizomes so these little rhizomes creep along just just on the surface just underneath the surface of, of the soil they're like they're quite keen on a, a, a drier aspect so they're good in dry shade and they start to create these these lovely big clumps and hornet in particular has its name for a little bit on the frond that sticks out just like a hornet's yeah you can see it quite well on oh! a hornet yeah you can spot that. Got an actual very, spike on the end of the frond. Yeah. yeah. They're very, very quirky and fun to grow. Easy to grow as well. Really easy. I so love ferns. Quite nice. Yeah. The podiums are just, just coming into their own now and they'll carry on right through the winter, right into to spring. And great foil, as we saw for the coach comes, but also crocuses and snowdrops. Floating heads. Yeah. <laughs> We, we, we may have um, covered these in, in our talk in wintertime, I can't remember. I think we probably did look at I think there. I think some ferns always sneak in because they're fabulous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I can't remember at what point we talked in relation to me buying snowdrops, but I definitely, well, I was very lucky. Alan gifted me um, uh, quite a lot of little ferns, which I've sort of snuck amidst my snowdrops, which hopefully have survived this year. I don't think I've got anything as beautiful as that, though, Ross. What is that? That's probably everybody's favourite. That's Richard Keyes. Ah, uh, yes, I don't have We Richard did Keys. mention that last time. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Everybody's favourite. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And Addison too, and Falcatum. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. There's a, there's there's lots to choose from. Can you put Perfect. it back? Can you bring it back? It's it's too pretty to put away that quickly. <laughs> yeah, the perfect plants for the nerdy collector. That is a gorgeous one as well. That's on my list. I don't know why I don't have it yet, but clearly it's I need to get it. Very very old. I think the uh, it, it's recorded as I can't remember when seventeen hundreds possibly, but this um was rediscovered by Martin Rickard. So he, he scaled a cliff face in Wales to find this and, and recover it and bring it back into cultivation. It's such a great colour. It's got such great texture to its fronds. Mm. Everything about it. Would you like a couple of succulents to finish off? Yes. I have no idea what the time I is. I wondered yeah. if you were going to sneak any succulents in. Yeah, we'll <laughs> sneak them in and they'll have to go and open the gate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's nearly time for the garden to open. Yeah. <laughs> So there's lots to choose from, lots of really fancy, rare and unusual ones, but I chose a Graptivaria, Fred Ives. I mean, it's been around for a long time. It just seems to grow on its own. You knock bits off and they, they, they start to grow on their own. We've got one of these right in front of Richard Kay's Apollopodium. There's a combination. Rich, uh, Graptivaria growing next to Richard Case. Hey, you've never seen a combination <laughs> like that before. And, and this has survived for about three years in the garden. I guess it's been mild enough and sheltered enough. It looks terrible in spring, but it comes back and the one in the garden, it's, it's, it's 10 inches, nearly a foot across. It's incredible. So that, that is a, a, a very easy, very easy to get hold of um, and cheap mm -hmm. succulent to have in the garden, in a pot, yeah. in your house. We like those. It's all well and good to go and spend like 30 pounds on a succulent, but sometimes a, an easy 
available well, cheap they're one. often cheap for a reason yeah. because they like to grow which yeah. is yeah. a good reason yeah. to get a hold of them isn't it well the graptivity all you need is a is a leaf off someone and you're off yeah we oh, well, this, this is slightly different this is um this is a small one this is echeveria monoloa and i guess this one's about 10 inches across but it can get up to almost 15 inches across so a foot and a half lovely color lovely frilling on the edges it's out of this world it's alien like and yeah yeah all from under the sea i've never quite decided whether it's <laughs> yeah and they, they make great patio plants you know you can get this into a big pot for the summer and put it outside and it, it just it, it's a it's a statement mm. for sure yeah you have one of these in or at least one of these in your sort of succulent display alan outside your office i've got about five actually yeah i mean they're yeah. just so good and they, they contrast so well not just the shape but the color as ross just saying there the the, the color on the edge of the leaf and everything is, is amazing um the only thing is that i'm fine with it i mean the flower stems also equally as yeah. impressive but it can be rather top heavy Mm. Um, and can flop a bit, but um, spectacular, spectacular thing. And when the the flower stem comes up, it has this wonderful sort of bloom on it, like a yeah. like you get on grapes. I mean, it's just it, yeah, you can't oh. touch it, can you? Tomorrow, no. <laughs> yeah. And the last last one, last but not least, is another small one. <laughs> it does get bigger. This is this is Eonium. Everybody knows Schwarzkopf. And everybody wants Schwarzkopf, but this this is far superior. This one's called Voodoo. Mm. It's much fuller, you know. It's it's a real full rosette, and it's a better stem on it as well. It, it, the leaves seem to 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 go down the stem much better than than your um, Schwarzkopf, which gets quite bare and leggy when you leave it. So this yeah. is this is something I would really recommend to get hold of if you're looking for any Aeonium. Hey, very chunky. It's a chunky monkey, for sure. Yeah, you, you are wonderful at growing succulents. They always look so fabulous. So say an Aeonium, what is your kind of ultimate care regime through the year? Ooh, they, they're quite... They, they like to be fed and they like to be watered. They stop growing when it gets too hot. So they stop growing through the middle of the summer. So I wouldn't do anything with them then. Give them a wee bit of water. They're almost hibernating. Spring and autumn, feed them and water them, and they'll and they'll grow. They'll grow like nobody's business. Keep potting them up. Um, don't put them in thin soil either. Put them in a nice, rich, um, multi-purpose compost with a little bit of sharp sand, and and they seem to love it. I think yeah. I need to do more potting up. That's probably something I I need to do. I, I think because they will survive on a lot of neglect. People tend to go down that route, and also assuming that because they don't want to be soggy all the time to do really free draining. But actually, if you want to get the size and, you know, the plant to really be healthy, it needs a little more TLC than yeah. we tend to Helen, do. Helen, that's called laziness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fabulous. Showstopper for the end as well, Ross. There's a good final plant. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a tour via various asters and symphire trichomes. We've taken in other various daisies and supporting cast members and succulents and ferns and culturecums. Wow. <laughs> Total celebration of the season. 
Um, Don't forget the cyclamen. And, well, yeah. and the cyclamen. How did I forget the cyclamen? Because <laughs> I'm not writing down notes. Alan's very clever. He writes, squirreling away all of his notes. He's, <laughs> he's probably extensive Flomo list. Uh, Flomo, by the way, for anyone who's never caught one of our podcasts before, it is that fear of missing out you get about a flower or a plant. It's the way I live my life. I think it's the way Alan lives his life, even with 32 acres. Uh, so we'll come on to what his Flomo is. And um, mine, I'm actually quite pleased you didn't end up bringing it along today, but you posted a Simfire Tricum the other day on your Instagram called Flamingo, which was so fun. You described it as a scrummy pink, which I thought nailed the colour, uh, 80 centimetres tall and created by Paul Picton in 1967. So one of yours. <laughs> That's one on the list then. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it was absolutely beautiful. Um, and I have a couple of, of uh, Simfire Tricums or Asters. I haven't checked. <laughs> I'll go and understand it better now after this podcast, but I probably could squeeze another couple in. And also, I always cover your ferns. You posted a splenium scolopendrium crispum boltons nobile, which is all crinkly, these like crinkly, strappy, green, rich green fronds, um, which was lovely. And I think your post was something along the lines of you were lucky to grow it. So I'm assuming that's not one that is widely available. Not widely available, no, but it's out there. <laughs> Track it down. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I've got that on the list. Absolutely beautiful, Fern. So thank you, as ever, for giving me lots of FLOMO <laughs> with your Instagram like, on a daily basis. Uh, do you have anything that you're eager to lay your mitts on? Uh, oh, I'm probably back to houseplants. I'm looking for some different rhodias. You know rhodias? They're um, kind of a bit along the lines of aspidistras, I suppose. They're green, green and dull, dark green and dull, but <laughs> they, grow, they grow well in the flat. And I don't know. We have a house full of aspidistras now, but never mind. As it should be. <laughs> well, at least they're, you know, good doers. They are, yeah, and I, we do enjoy them. So yeah, I can't complain too much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What about you? I don't know. So... Oh, give it five minutes. Give it five minutes, and then you'd have fifty. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the trouble. But it's—I <laughs> have to restrict myself. And be like, no, not allowed. <laughs> well, it is actually a genuine problem when both of you are madly into plants. Um, I think, you know, in, in our household, the other half's just trying to stop me gaining plants. Uh, <laughs> so at least there's like a something to try and halt you. But when you both you have limited space and you both want all of these things. That must be quite tricky. We're doing a, a whole new border, the border along the, the Walwyn Road. We call it Walwyn Road border. It's getting redone this year. So there's a lot, there's a big list of plants for that. So we have a big flomo list. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to try lots of the bistortas. Uh, yeah. What were they? They weren't bistortas. So we've got a few of those we'd like to try along with the, the um heleniums no oh heleniums no. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i went to um to the national collection in berwick to see the heleniums up there in the, the early august fantastic garden really really nice garden and he's got them all laid out this little wall garden in berwick um with, with lots of different herbaceous perennials lots of grasses lots of the bistortas yeah. um and lots of sanguisorbas as well oh. really really nicely laid out a good collection of plants um so in essence, Ross's flow mail list is huge. <laughs> <laughs>
I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> so it's, well, it's, it's exciting to be able to do a new border. Well, we have to release you to your garden in a second so that members of the public can actually get in. Um, before yes. we do that, uh, Alan, what's your FLOMO this week? Well, when I came on this podcast, I was hoping it was going to uh, help me with a new border, um, <laughs> which is um, our red and purple border, unfortunately suffered from an infestation of um, the greater bindweed. And uh, so for the last two years, we've been dealing with that. Um, and I think we've just about knocked it on the head. And I kept thinking, what shall I do? What shall I do? What shall I do? I don't want to do the same thing again. And so I have come to the conclusion that I would like to do a blue and yellow border, but I don't want it to be just blue and just yellow. I mean, it, you know, we've got to have subtle in-between shades and all the rest of it. So we'll go sort of yellows and creamies and mustards and that kind of thing. And Solidago today that you had, I suddenly thought, well, that's something. I haven't thought of that. Um, and there was a lovely uh, true blue aster that you showed, which I thought, well, come on, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you've helped me enormously, but I'm really sort of on the lookout for, un I want unusual plants, I don't want samey sort of things, I want a few unusual plants, but plants that do well and have a long season. So I don't really want much, do I? No. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> well, plenty of inspiration today for all of us. It has been just as plant-tastic as I'd anticipated. Thank you so much for traipsing about in the rainy weather and covering yourselves in moisture to, uh, to show these plants <laughs> off today. We have enjoyed it enormously. So thank you very much. Until next time, and maybe we'll talk about snowdrops. Um, <laughs> until then, happy gardening, everybody. Happy gardening. <laughs> Hey, Thordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening. And we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time.